The hosts, Rob Velazzi and Jason Dominique, and their guests are not financial advisors unless otherwise disclaimed. The content on Today at Ember is for educational and entertainment purposes only and merely cite their own personal opinions. Know that all investments involve some form of risk. Please work with an investment professional. And now, on to today's episode with Today at Ember. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Today at Ember. I am your host, Head of Communications with the Ember Project, Rob Velazzi. I am joined by my co-host, Head of Strategy, and now Co-Chief Executive Officer, Jason Dominique. Jason, how are you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic, Rob. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I see you're back from the BVI. I am now post-quarantine. Hopefully, the quality of this week's episode is ready to go. We are coming to you a day late, but that's all right. It's a special Friday edition. I have some really great news for you. Jason, how does it feel to be back uh, in your hometown? Well, you know, I'm wearing extra layers, obviously, because uh, uh, there's a good 60 degree difference. And when I mean degree, I mean degree Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like the, the, the real barometer. Yeah, feeling great uh, back home, but I uh, can't wait to go back. And uh, yeah, the last week was super exciting, you know, uh, going over why we're so bullish on uh, what's, you know, what's cooking for uh, 2022. And uh, we have some, uh, some little insights uh, even more this week on it. So uh, yeah, feeling amazing. How about you, Rob? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm happy. I'm finally COVID-free and feeling good. So you guys make sure you protect yourself out there. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a little bit different in Canada as well. Here in Florida, it's a little crazy. But now I'm back here running 100%. I'm excited about all the stuff that we have to talk about today. It's a great way to start the new year. I figured get all that nonsense out of the way and ready to kind of rock on all 12 cylinders here now for the, for the 2022, which I think will be the year of Ember. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Just to kind of break some stuff down for you guys, we're going to be talking about today. A little bit later, we're going to be taking questions from you guys. If you're listening live, whether that's on Facebook or Twitch or even on our YouTube channel, make sure you guys leave a comment. Any of our moderators out there will be happy to get some questions to us. We're taking. We also want to talk about plans that we have when it comes to the buy button and, and our official name for that and our strategy moving forward. But first, Jason, I think we should talk about which is most important is that even though we are a small team, you know that now that we are ramping up and we are expanding and we're having some fantastic additions that we're bringing on to the team that I think the community would like to hear about and how that would affect our project moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So as we were mentioning, um, I think it was you know last week or the week before, you know the focus uh, going in uh, this year, you know, will be entirely based around. You know, making sure we can hit our milestone, and to do so, we need to you know grow stronger in two areas. One is in our infrastructure in regards to customers, uh, leads, all those sorts of things. Uh, so anything CRM related, and funnels, and sales process, and etc. And obviously, uh, you know, there's this idea where if you want to find the best talent out there, you know, you need to find the best headhunter. So we decided to beef up our team with what we could call a head of people and culture, which will also basically lead the whole talent scouting. And that person, you know, we're you know excited to uh, present that person in, in the next coming weeks. But you know, he's a, a friend of mine. And uh, he has been leading, you know, tech teams for quite some time, you know, specializing specifically. And you no, know, most of the time he's beefing up whole tech teams specifically, not like uh, other departments. That's his thing. And yeah, so he'll be coming on board uh, technically starting next week. And his principal focus will be on you know all the talent that we need in regards to uh, development and all that area of the business but also i think which is something uh, a lot of companies would consider um maybe not so important even though things are changing but when i meant you know uh, people and culture it's it's really Something that we truly believe is is a fundamental thing uh, that needs to be part of our business 
especially considering, you know, we've all been working remotely for, you know, almost two years now when it all, you know, erupted with, with the COVID. And I think that now uh, businesses are starting to realize, obviously, you know, this thing is not over, one thing's for sure. And the second thing is having a distributed team, if it wasn't important pre-COVID, it's a thousand times more important right now to feel connected, mm-hmm. even though we're you know, all around the world. So really establishing these core ideas of culture and uh, you know, team elements and processes as well to make sure that everybody you know, feels part of, of something that is tangible is um, something of high priority to us. So um, we're not doing it half-ass as, as usual. So next couple of uh, weeks will be all about laying you know, the, the right grounds uh, for uh, ramping up talent. So that comes with that. And I really think that you know you really can't understate the importance of company culture and when people you know how they feel connected to one another, especially working remotely. This is something that you know in the beginning, you know behind the scenes when this was first you know kind of in its incubator stage, you know when it came to Ember, one of the challenges that we had to deal with was when dealing remotely and putting on Slack and and a lot of us never you know really any of us meeting face to face for the first time. And understanding what our culture is and, and how what our work ethic and our workflow could be, where a lot of people felt like, am I doing all I should be? Am I contributing as much as everyone else is? Is there something I need to be, you know, doing at this particular time? Do I feel like there's downtime? And these little things that you know you really on a micro level that you really don't think of in a normal business setting. And to be able to have someone, you know, spearheading an idea of culture and what our workflow is going to be and how we all communicate with one another and what those protocols are. To go from you know start to finish and and you know what the hierarchy is and chain of command, these are things that are just going to make us have the ability to just focus on deliverables and you know moving forward as quickest pace possible to be able to make sure we have products in people's hands as opposed to trying to fi- figure out these micro tasks, uh, micromanagement basically that, that most companies want to avoid. Yeah. This is most definitely something that we don't have time for, you know, micromanaging people, especially in this space uh, and at the speed that it's going. This is the last thing that we want to do. And ultimately, you know, even though initially during this pandemic, a lot of companies thought, you know, doing the remote work, they, you know, they need to be even more, you know, uh, on top of things Mm -hmm. and be even more. Uh, overseeing everything because you can't really technically see what people are doing. I think our approach to it all has always been, how can we be even more hands-off? Like that's always been the focus. And ultimately, if someone, you know, doesn't fall in line with this sort of culture and management style, we see it very rapidly uh, because ultimately things aren't being met and it's just not working. So our mentality in regards to talent, and I think this is something obviously we will crystallize with with this person, is every time we hire someone, we try to hire slow, as slow as we can, just to make sure we have the right candidate. And the, you know, the, the, the person also very well understand what it's all about. But as soon as we see that it's not working, we end the relationship as soon as possible mm-hmm. because we just don't have time to onboard and make up for those sort of culture differences. Mm-hmm. And definitely something that we're excited about. Yeah, attrition is a, is a huge problem. I mean, wh- where I come from, from my normal day job, which was a huge you know, Fortune 100 company, you know, billion-dollar organization, attrition, uh, which is basically for those who don't know that aren't familiar with you know recruitment and, and hiring candidates is is a big issue within a business because you know you have to bring people on. There's a time where you have to train them and to see if they're going to work out. But if it's a fit for them, it spends a lot of time, money, and resources. And on average, you know it takes a while to figure out if someone's going to be able to to work with the company. So the fact that we can move fast, and I think also now with you being co you know CEO and being able to have some a lot of autonomous decisions and and your Previous background that you have these connections. So the people that we're bringing on, we're going to talk about some of these positions as we get more in depth here. But you also have a personal relationship with a lot of these people, and it helps leave that idea of is this person going to work out? You know, do we have to go this you know uh, this matter of attrition? 
when it comes to moving forward, especially with these are pretty much critical core team executive roles. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when it when possible, of course, and you know, bringing on some key uh, roles, obviously, like everything that has to do with the management of a proper infrastructure CRM is absolutely mandatory. If you want to scale fast, put in processes, automations, all those sorts of things and funnels, sales process, but also people in culture, these roles, you can't go without them. And also there's a right timing for it. You know, we couldn't have approached uh, these, these individuals months ago because we just, we weren't ready. So it's really timing it right. And, you know, you referencing, you know, where, you know, in regards to my new, sort of, you know, role. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's something that I've been spearheading for 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 quite some time anyway and like you're saying it's just giving me some more leeway in regards to taking executive decisions on things. And I think it's a, you know, since we're talking about HR and talent and what you meant by attrition and onboarding time and etc, I think it's a good opportunity and and segue to talk about something that we're extremely excited about. And we sort of hinted at it, or I hinted at it, I don't remember me or Andrew last week, which is in a specific area of our business, which is you know design. And design has always been something... It's something that's very difficult where uh, any business will tell you, you know, in, in regards to design, you need so many resources, uh, different talents to uh, deliver a product that it's very hard to have one person that covers all those sort of expertise but then again you you know you can't ramp up five people at the same time you know you have your art director you have your you know your UX UI specialist you have the actual designer itself that will the product manager yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly um, so so all these roles based on different projects that we have at different times from the beginning has always been something very difficult for us to sort of bring on based on our needs. And so what we decided to do, and I think this is part of the core evolution of the space where a lot of startups, you, you know, they they can go from one day not needing so much resources, but then giving the green light on on a massive deliverable. And then how do you transit from, in terms of talent, from being okay, like you have what you need, and then the next day needing to ramp up big time on all the different facets to deliver great world-class product. You'd be like bringing on a staff of seven, eight people overnight. And that's almost, that's a Herculean task. It's almost impossible to do. Yeah. And I mean, it is possible, but the onboarding time, the scouting, all those elements, and necessarily what they mean is that it'll take you weeks, if not months, to get at the right cruising speed that you need to deliver that product. And then potentially by the time you've found that cruising speed, you know, the next milestone may not need all these people. So then you need to scale down. So how do you find talent that are coming in just punctually or... or So, so it, it made it very difficult for us to find the proper talent in regards to the whole sort of world-class design and also not just making sure that we still keep this high level of quality even though we're moving fast. So all this to say that We've been lucky enough to find this amazing company. It's a new startup. They just raised a huge, you know, I think it's a Series A. And funny enough, their business model has been, um, you know, appealing for quite a lot of company. And, you know, one of the things that really sealed it for us is um, that one of the companies, because it's all about understanding our space and sometimes just understanding the space and what are the realities and all those sorts of things that's an onboarding time as well because it's so unique the crypto space is not your regular startup space so them having and this is where you sort of have the the drum roll they had coinbase as a client and for us that really sealed the deal where we thought it's not going to be a hit or miss. You know, I think it's going to be a hit. And obviously, they're not cheap. But for us, it made a lot of sense to onboard this company, which is called Superside. 
And Superside's business model is basically they have a full suite of talent and they build a team that you need overnight almost. There's obviously an onboarding time, but once it's onboarded, you have access to any type of talent for any type of of project that you want to output extremely fast. And this is what we needed. This perfect blend of high quality talent, speed, and obviously track record. So we couldn't be happier. We're onboarding them right now. This is basically going back to what I said, I think, last week is with this, it means that we're going to be delivering so much more, so much faster, but still without compromising on quality. Yeah, not to mention also to have a track record in this space while also meeting all the other you know prerequisites that you just mentioned. I mean, it really couldn't fall into place better. I mean, to be able to find someone's able to scale as we're able to scale down when we need to able to do so to be, you know, there's a lot of people that are new to to maybe entrepreneurship, balancing your budget and knowing when to, when to spend resources and you know, you can just without throwing money against the wall and making sure everything goes okay, but for a company that's going to be able to be as proactive as we can be reactive to the markets that I think it's a perfect fit. And based on their track record, I mean, Coinbase is just one of their previous clients. I mean, if you look, they have a track record that I think is going to deliver a level of quality and also to design, especially we want to build a balance to where, especially when it comes to Ember.org or when it comes to our application, if we want it to be sleek and stylish and you know, we know who our you know, key demographic is that we're trying to hit. I mean, there's a certain design language that that they really appreciate that we want to make sure that we follow that that flat level design, but also too to have that level of ease of use and to have a company that really checks those boxes and knows this space, they'll know that design language. They know what we're looking for. They know our demographic. You know, this isn't just someone you know who's designing when it comes to their design language and continuity that doesn't meet our demographic requirements because that's part of it. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of this business is there's a part of that hype. There's a part of that. Fluidity. They want someone to be sleek. They want someone to be new. They want it to, you know, feel really cool in your hands when it comes to, you know, how you use it. And we have the technology behind it, but we also understand there's also that little, uh, and you should know this word, what that Jenny say quoi. I hope I'm saying that correct. That kind of wants to hit that that X factor. And I think that with them and and our vision, I think we're going to be able to hit that. Yeah. And in parallel to that, obviously, we still have our uh, boutique agency that are uh, currently working double time, you know, um, our team over there has been working so hard during the holidays and they just delivered uh, this morning their sort of game plan. And, you know, I was was reading through it and wow, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled and enthused about what's coming. Some of these elements are things that we've hinted at, you know, in the past, but you know, can't wait to bring it out. Obviously, a lot of it has, you know, to do with Ember.org. You know, we've hinted at something a couple weeks or a couple months back where we have this huge big project of something called Ember Life, which is all about ambassador programs. And this is definitely coming up. So for the true hardcore believers of, of what we're trying to achieve, there's something, you know, waiting for you. Great reward and incentive program. But ultimately, I think that right now we're doubling down on, and as you've uh, mentioned earlier uh, in, in the introduction, uh, Rob, which is this bite bot that has had a TBD name for quite some time, but now we're, um, you know, we're we're feeling quite confident that we found the right name. And I think too, I'll let you announce the name too as well. But this is something that you know, there's a lot that goes into a name. And we wanted this buy button to reflect not just what we're doing now, but everything it'll be doing in the future. And we want this to really be able to set a standard. And we wanted the the name of this product to reflect on on our vision of of what you're going to be able to do with crypto, with Ember, with BSC. When it comes to utility, I'll let you break down those details. But when it comes, people are like, "Why just call it the buy button or M buy or all these little names that kind of come with it?" We think are cheeky and fun, and and some of a little cliche almost. But I think that the one that we've we've fallen upon, I think, is really hits the mark of where we see where Ember is going and how powerful this is going to be. Jason, you want to another drum roll here? Do you want to go ahead and uh, kind of break break that down and why we chose that name and and really what the name is? 
Yeah. I mean, ultimately, there's no like fireworks in regards to the name. I think it came down to um, fundamentally what we're trying to do with Ember is that we're trying to make it as natural and organic as any sort of, uh, I don't want to say like e-commerce because that would be a wrong parallel, but the process of purchasing something whether it's a t-shirt, whether it's um, you know a new pair of headphones, the natural and organic process of purchasing something, we believe that this is something that doesn't need to be reinvented. You know, the sort of feeling of going through this flow of you know identifying what what you're interested in purchasing, and then the whole methodology of in the steps that you're familiar with, we want these steps to be pretty much the same because crypto it's already starting with five or six things against it you know in terms of general public opinion you know all those sorts of things and the last thing that we want is especially based on what we're currently trying to do you know facilitating this process of purchasing tokens the last thing that we want is that once you've acquired the interest and the enthusiasm of a potential investor is that you lose them in this flow of purchase. So for us, once they've made this internal decision that this project, this is something I believe in, this is something I want to invest in, no matter the amount, once they enter this flow, it needs to feel as natural as anything. You know, So ultimately, it comes down to what you know if you look at other if you make parallels of providers in that space how do they call their products and ultimately it comes down to it's it's a checkout process and for us you know we want it to be exactly the same thing so we're calling it ember checkout and what's great about it is that it says what it does ultimately you know when we're going to be selling this product you know when especially you um you know, when uh, Rob, when, because you, you're currently in the process of doing a, a lateral move and about to head sales, and maybe you can hint on it as, as to why it's important, but, you know, it needs to feel like, oh, yeah, of course, I know what checkout is. No, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to the name, the, when we were talking about this internal, internally in one of our, our meetings, is the name is really all about our B2B sales. This is business to business. What's going to appeal most to our potential business to business clients? Really, when it comes to you know B two C or you know when it comes to the actual you know what consumers think, for that matter, it's just about brand recognition. Just having Ember there, just being familiar with our Powered logo, them seeing it. This, but in reality, it's going to be super simple. Yeah, massive. Yeah. So they they but they on the consumer end, they're not really care about what the name is. So when we wanted to project a level of simplicity and something that you can understand. And basically, one word. The idea of checkout is something that you know, with any person that's you know trying to start a project, makes complete sense to them. It also encapsulates more than just crypto. You know, we've had Andrew on here, you know, last week, and you know, we've talked about it before. Is that we see a world where you can purchase anything with crypto. And the great thing about the technology, and we can kind of break this down a little bit right now. We're you know first starting on the BSC. This is going to have the ability to, you know, you can obviously, let's say you have a project where someone wants to purchase their token, you know, they can switch from BNB. They get to choose their preferred currency to be able to purchase whatever that potential project or product is that they're trying to market and to be able to hit to their investors or to a consumer. And this immediately gives pretty much any token on the BSC utility overnight. And of course, we have you know, plans to move to Manic and things that are going to be on, you know, on, on those Ethereum blockchains, especially when Ethereum 2.0 starts rolling out. It's going to have some you know, real backing to that as well. So the idea of it being a checkout checks all of the boxes more than just cryptocurrency. This is something that's going to... You know, these, are, these are versions that are coming down the line, but we wanted to make sure that we had a name that speaks to all of our potential business-to-business clients. Yeah, well, uh, Rob, you've you've definitely hinted at a few future versions of of what we're about to release. So while we're at it, might as well clear things up. But yeah, as as you all know, our our initial sort of intent with the checkout 
is the same thing that we have on our website. You know, we're we're packaging it up, and our goal is to uh, make this, you know, this product. You'll be able to license it and use it on your own website if you're a project leader. But I think where you know we wanted to introduce this next week, uh, which is sort of the vision for uh, checkout, as Rob is mentioning, is much wider than than the token. And what this means is. And this is absolutely massive. So essentially what what and I'm trying to wrap my my head around how I can announce this, but this basically checkout will enable any single e-commerce business that are selling either digital or physical good to include this process on their website and essentially designate the type of currency they want to receive. And ultimately, you as an end user, you will go there and you can decide any, and what I mean, I mean any, could be like an old meme coin that you have, but still has liquidity, you know, on the decks. If it does still have liquidity, you can use it as a, you know, as a means of payment. And our Ember checkout will do the work in a seamless, unknown sort of background way to send the actual currency. And what I mean by currency, I mean digital asset, whether it's, I guess most people will want to receive, you know, stable coins. So I could be the store and I would decide to receive, you know, BUSD. And just like, you know, when you go on a website and you have, let's say, a foreign credit card, let's say, you know, have an Australian credit card and you go on this US website and the price tag is written in USD, your credit card will be charged in USD, but the other, you know, the seller will not receive Australian dollars. He's going to be receiving USD, his desired currency. And this is the same sort of concept that we're bringing to DeFi. And if you haven't made the math, you know, in in your mind, in your head, just like Rob just said, it's basically making any single digital asset, no matter the chain that will be compatible with Ember Checkout, a utility overnight. That even includes, you know, whether it's a meme coin with reflections. I mean, I'm not sure why you'd want to use one because they, you know, coins with reflections are, are meant for holding. But those still tokenomics will still apply. But even some of these coins that their never intention was to be utility from the onset will now have utility. And on our business-to-business side, the person who's able to use the checkout, that's why we love this same checkout. It's just that easy. It's just your potential person client that you're marketing to that they just check out. They're able to use whichever currency that either they can be specified, that they want to be exchanged from, and they're able to receive whichever currency they wish to in return. All of this happens in the background, just like you would if I came to Canada and, and charged my Visa card at a, at, a, at a coffee shop. The exchange rate and you know the fees and stuff that are applied with that all happens in the background immediately, and I get my coffee. And this is happening in our world on a daily basis already. So we're just applying, you know, like you always say, Jason, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just really applying something that's common sense that has not been done in this space before. Yeah. And so expect to see this, you know, in future versions, because right now, you know, we're packaging up our MVP should be ready in about 10 days, but expect to see this. And this is where we, you know, we, we see our, our future versions, you know, probably version three of this, of this checkout where you go and you want to purchase something just like now you're used to seeing pay with Visa, pay with MasterCard. Oh, now there's pay with PayPal. You know, there's this extra button. Now you're seeing, you know, buy now, pay later type of schemes. You're seeing, you know, PayBright everywhere. You're seeing Sezzle everywhere. And why not have buy now with Ember? Or check out with Ember. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're going to see, because in the process of those future versions, the sellers will be able to generate buy buttons. And that buy buttons, they'll be able to customize it the way they want. And then it's, it's just an embed code. They put it on their website and it's done. You know, the flow will begin as soon as the customer starts clicking on it. They connect their wallet and basically based on how much this product is worth, 
You choose the type of currency you have in your wallet. You press buy. Voila, it's done. And I think also too, is, is so people understand, this is also one of our many products that work in conjunction with... Remember, for those... I mean, it seems like it's been forever since our launch, but we also have our IDO launchpad. We also have the smart contracts built in for, for the vault. And we also have, you know, when it comes to our crowd sale contracts, this is one to work in conjunction. And we have the ability to, you know, with future iterations, and this is just, you know, this is looking at a 30,000 foot, you know, larger landscape of what you hope to see in the, in the long term future of how these products can interconnect. And then on top of that, down the line, and not to, you know, beat a dead horse with wire and our ability to use, you know, fiat and how that'll also interact. I think that these, you know, the kind of shows proof of concept of that all of the steps that we've taken with our products, little by little, they were all building towards, you know, a greater goal. And by having this buy button, I think is really gonna really build to light onto, you know, the general public of what Ember is really all about. Yeah. And just a quick reminder, you know, if you haven't listened in some of our previous shows, we didn't mention, you know, what this means for your everyday token holder, you know, because ultimately, yes, we need revenue streams for the business if we want to scale it and, you know, get it everywhere with with great utility. And so you have your transactional, you know, fees that are 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 baked in, you know, there's nothing we can do about those. But we're going to be adding a service fee on top. And that service fee is sort of... Um, there's going to be an automated revenue split. And that split will go three ways. One of them is obviously uh, you know, pure revenue for the business, for operations and you know, staffing, all those sorts of things, and etc. But also two other key things. One of them, obviously, is the one everybody's interested in, which is the buyback. Buyback is just going to be incredible for the token because every single transaction that goes through that checkout has an automated buyback feature that goes and buys Ember tokens to add into the liquidity. And so that means huge amounts of transactions every single day. And the second thing is the give back because we feel that as a project, it's important to give back. And by including the give back philosophy directly in something that we feel is going to be a staple in the space, but also, you know, it's, it's all going to happen in the background. We want our sort of charitable endeavors to have some form of guaranteed and constant revenue stream so that there is no doubt that our endeavors and the promises that we will make to these great causes, you know, whether they're... And also, we, we did mention that all of this will be done through um, sort of a DAO approach, again, giving more voice to our community in regards to deciding the themes of where the efforts are going to be put into and then deciding the distribution of, of those funds, etc. So this is going to be an exciting roadmap and endeavor that we intend on launching very, very shortly. Again, in, in, incentivizing the token, making sure that the token not only has worth, but has voice. And you you choose, you know, you don't have to you know, just like voting, you know, you, you have this, you know, in, in your own country, you know, you have the opportunity to use your voice. Or you, have the, you also have the opportunity to not, if you just, you know, if it doesn't matter to you, you have the ability to kind of sidestep, but at least we're, we're bringing in the community. And also on that level of automation, my, and I'm not going to call her out, but my, my sister works in academia and she works in development, which is a fancy word for, for fundraising. And when it comes to endowments and, and these you know, people that are being philanthropic, you know, they have to have they spend a lot of time, money, and resources reaching out to potential people that you know, want to be able to give an endowment and to deliver, people that are you know, alumni in the past. They spend a lot of money and resources where something like this with our give back, it doesn't require any resources. We're not spending any company revenue or company finances. To hire an entire team to do this, you know, where where you know a lot of these people, a lot of organizations or corporations, they, you know, do these give back programs, but a lot of it is really just for you know marketing and publicity. 
you know, but they spend, you know, a, a majority of the budget of the money they're raising on hiring these people to to do this, to do this work. And instead, we had this done all automatically in the background where the entire portion of what's supposed to be done for philanthropic endeavors goes exactly where it needs to go. And to have that running in tandem with our buyback to where it's going to incentivize, you know, for token whole, you know, people that, you know, that are investors in our project, investors in our token, to where they'll see the level of liquidity raise, you know, where there'll be massive gains from this. And for these things to be happening in tandem, I think this is also unprecedented in the space. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Again, you know, our 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 goal here is as much as you know, we we can't reinforce it more is you know, we're in this for the long run. You know, we we're building a sustainable business and and if we're going to do something no matter what it is, it's always going to be well thought through. How can we make sure that it's, you know, it's governed, it has the right incentives, it's connected to the token. We're never going to release anything that makes no sense. And sometimes it's going to take time, you know, just to make sure that it does make a lot of sense and it fits in the in the wider picture of of everything. And and checkout is, you know, it's something that's part of a, you know, it's part of what we could call a payment suite of of applications of of SaaS applications, and it's all about empowering, you know, these projects and making sure that the core asset that powers their business which is the token, just like us, can be purchased extremely easily and in a very organic manner. This will be obviously complemented by many other different tools like you, you've just mentioned, you know, Rob, because ember.org uh, you know, will include you know, seamlessly in it. You know, it's not going to be, I'm clicking on the launch pad. It's not going to be like this thing where you click you know, Ember Launchpad. It's just going to be part of, you know, it's going to be part of the evolution of any project that decides to go from ideation to launch when they're ready to launch it's just the features are in there you know you just decide to launch and the features are there so um and this suite of of of, of saas applications we want them to be available on demand just like we would have wanted them to be on demand when we launched and this is our whole core philosophy is that we want to help these entrepreneurs go from ideation to launch. And on the other side of the marketplace, we want to you know, create this amazing place where you can go and discover these you know, world-changing crypto projects easily. And then you know, from there, maybe you want to get involved and you, know, you want to learn more and you'll want to follow them. And you know, when they launch, maybe you'll want to invest. Uh, so all this will be all baked in in this one sort of ecosystem, which you know, we see this as being you know, your gateway to a decentralized world. No, absolutely. And I think also too, with something like Superside, where they're going to be able to deliver the design to you know, make this so, the front facing of the company be so attractive and make it easier for us to to bring on potential you know when it comes to the B two B side of business, and also you know working with you know in tandem with AII that we've brought into you know with the comes come to our copyright and the level so we have the right language to be able to communicate this properly, these things all working together in unison are really going to put and separate us. From from everything that's going on right now, I mean, even just the products itself, you know, on just a technical level, you know, this is something that's not, you know, like I said, we're not reinventing the wheel, but this is not being done in this space alone. But we want to do more than just have the technical aspect of it, and we want to, like, so we brought in someone like Supersai, brought in AII. We want to have the language, we want to have the visuals behind it, and to go, you know, full circle. What our conversation was talking about earlier today is that now, after the people you've brought on, so when it comes to doing recruitment. You can see our aspirations and how we want to scale up and why us hiring this position of someone, you know, is, you know, for people in culture is also going to be you know, a recruiter who's, who really is specified in the tech world to be able to bring on you know, the development side of things goes to show the next milestone that we're moving forward as an organization. So that's why I wanted to kind of start this conversation out talking about that hire is 
that's how important that hire is, is now that's the first step to us to ramp this organization up to be able to deliver on all of our aspirations pretty much in the first two quarters. Yeah. I mean, I can't add any more to it, Rob. Um, I think, you know, this we've hinted way more at what we've wanted in, in this show. And hopefully everyone is, you know, understands why we're so bullish about 2022. And ultimately it comes down to execution. But, you know, if you want to execute at this level, you need to make sure you have the right people. So again, playing a you know a game of chess, you just gotta make sure you have your right and people in the right places. No, absolutely, absolutely. And we do want to kind of, before we end here, I know that, and for those that are listening live right now, make sure that you always submit questions to us. We're always here to take questions from anyone in the community. You can always watch us live here on Facebook. You can watch us on YouTube. You're able to have the ability, whether that's on Twitch. And for those that aren't, don't have the ability to watch live, you know, we have Discord channels. Reach out to the monitors. Please submit your questions. This question here, we have someone called uh, Trash City on Discord. I love your guys' names. I mean, very professional. <laughs> and we also brought in someone as well that we've hired from within that it comes to business development. And this question, I think, kind of falls for you, Jason. I want to kind of get out there is that you know we've talked a lot about what our ideas are that we want to have launched within the first quarter. And this gentleman asked, though, you know, th- these are some great things. And they're very bullish on it. But where does exchange listings fall on the priority list? Just to get an idea of how far a- out it may be. Because it looks like to them, you know, we are working very hard in the background on deliver deliverables. But you know, something like the, the investors want to know our exchange is a-, a huge priority. I know we, I don't want to name drop just yet, but we did bring in someone who does specifically this for business development. That's also part of our ramping up. Do you want to kind of add to that at all, Jason, and, and where that falls? No doubt, it's ex- extremely important for us. But I think it comes down to, um, I mean, exchange make a lot of sense when you want to make your asset, you know, available in as many markets as possible when you have high demand for it. So right now, as everybody knows, there aren't massive demands for our our tokens, and ultimately. That doesn't mean it's not attractive. It's just that right now, we're focusing 100% of our efforts on two things. One, making sure that we bring to market something that will essentially make sure that we're self-sufficient. Right now, we're running on, on what we would call an expiry date with what we have. You know, We've raised our seed round during our two pre-sales. And that is meant to take us to what we would call you know, our market fit. And that market fit normally has revenue next to it. You know, uh, We're not a Facebook where we intend on running for 10 years without revenues and raise extreme you know, uh, rounds of capital and let go equity and equity and then equity and then equity. That's not our goal. We want to be self-sufficient as early as possible in our uh, sort of journey. So as soon as we get there, it means that we'll be able to allocate from that revenue stream budget for exchange. From there, as you know, this checkout product, once it's going to be out there, it's going to bring extreme visibility to our project. And with extreme visibility will come you know, people that want to buy it. So essentially, we need to diversify where it is possible to buy it. But, you know, we'll see when we get there, you know, because we are reinventing, or at least we are modernizing this experience of token purchase. And, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see when we get there. Because, uh, you know, bottom line is being on an exchange... It's very costly, and there are exchange for every single market. So you can easily spend a million dollars, you know, on on exchanges. And I think that you would all agree that in, in exchanges will won't give us any revenue. I mean, it's not for us, you know. It's it's not it's not a money making thing for for us, you know, as a project. So, I mean, as much as we can you know, spend a million dollars of the 2.5 million that we've raised, 
But what are we going to do with people trading our asset if we don't have any money to build utility? I mean, we'd just be behind. Yeah, and also too as well, and you know this coming from the traditional business world, I guess is the best way to say it, is that there's no other markets that operate in this fashion where pretty much we're working in reverse from how the actual real world works. You know, when it comes to when we want to see ourselves as an actual real, you know, we're not just a token. You know, this is a tech company. This is an organization. We want to be able to, and like any other regular organization, you generate revenue, you build, you know, have a model, you have a certain consumer base, you have a brand identity. Those things have consideration. And for those that are familiar with, you know, business terms, consideration is anything of value, including brand recognition, how people feel about your company and your organization, you know, the track record you've had. That's consideration. And because it has value, that's how people value you when you go onto an exchange listing like an IPO on the stock market. Those things are always established beforehand. Revenue stream, you know, your revenue model, you know, how profitable you are. Only in the crypto space do you work in reverse, you know, where everything is you know, pretty much vaporware in the beginning and then you list it onto an exchange. So it would make no you know, logical sense to spend money and resources you know, on exchanges to get listed for people to buy without having that consideration. That's already in place. Yeah. And ultimately, our, our bottom line, our goal is to be on Binance. I mean, we've said it before. I think, you know, fundamentally, our goal is to make Amber so attractive that Binance will be knocking on our door. And this is where we want to be listed. And you, and you can't pay for that. You can't pay to be listed on, on Binance. So you need to make your business extremely attractive. And it's not by listing on many other exchanges that you're going to make your business attractive to Binance. To make your business attractive to Binance, your business needs to make sense for Binance. If you're making BNB worth more, then you're extremely attractive. So this is our goal. Be extremely attractive in the first two quarters of this year. And trust me when I say this, we will be in such a great position that Binance will be knocking on our door. And not to mention with our products. And we haven't even talked about this episode we talked about previously that we have coming out. We have staking 2.0 that's coming up in the first two quarters, along with you know, liquidity pool staking, which also is done, you know, all of these steps that we're taking are, you know, one of our largest goals is to be listed on Binance. And one of the ways to do so is make sure you have a lot of liquidity behind you, make sure you have a lot of transactions behind you, a lot of revenue being generated. And these are things that are all coming out in the first two quarters. Now, are we looking at other exchanges? We've talked about that, Asian markets, etc. Of course we are. But you can see why we have these other priorities first. And then, of course, you know, then our biggest one that, will fall, that we hope to come to fruition, especially as soon as possible, is Binance. And we've been setting this up from the beginning. That's why we chose the BSC. And if you've watched previous episodes... We've talked about the money that Binance is investing into bringing credibility back to the BSC and where they see themselves moving forward in the future as well. And we've talked about that. And I think that you know it really shows that we have, as you said before, playing chess where we have a goal in mind. And there's just certain things that we have to do to be able to get there. Jay, listen, I think we're about out of time here. Do you want to add anything else here? You want to drop anyone as, or, or, or any information you want to say? To the rest of the community before we get out here on our really our first first official episode of 2022. No, I think we've said enough. We said more than we planned. So hopefully everyone's excited. Next week is again, you know, we'll we'll have to find a new agenda for next week's show. Have to reveal some new things. But um, yeah, pretty excited. Maybe you want to add something, you uh, Rob, about you know ramping up this checkout because. Yeah, absolutely. And we mentioned here at the beginning of, of the podcast is that, you know, someone that we've, you know, kind of glided over, but I don't think people understood the importance is by bringing on a CRM manager, someone who really understands CRM, how it is to be able to, to build this infrastructure underneath. We brought them on specifically. I am, you know, great at being director of sales, being able to put together strategies, but be able to have the support. And that's why I really appreciate what you guys there are doing on the executive team to be able to support me by bringing someone on who is a professional, is a full-time job, being able to do the CRM. So we are, we're ramping up. You guys, please, if there's someone out there that if you feel that you have the proper prerequisites and, and experience to be a part of this, to ramp up all of our, you know, our sales force that we're doing, we're going to have some really great infrastructure in place to support you. Like I said, we have a CRM manager. This is something that 
only you know large organizations be able to provide. Comes with great training as well. We're going to have some fantastic compensation packages that I think you guys would be interested in. So please reach out to me. We don't want to you know have you know a hundred people doing a small amount of work. We're really looking, really looking for you know one or two high level professionals that you know they say in the sales world are killers that are able to to work and grind out and you know reach out to us. And you can do that at Rob at ember.org. I used to be at Rob at joinember.org. As you know, we've talked about previously, we are retiring that. It'll obviously mirror in the future, but reach out to me, Rob at ember.org. I have people here that are going to be able to, to give you support and help you move forward and be successful. In addition, for those of you that are listening that want to have your project that want to be involved, that want to be you know on a waiting list here, because right now, like we really only want to service some of the top projects that we think that will fit with Ember Checkout. So we'll be, we'll be releasing a form here shortly. You'll be able to sign up, sit on the waiting list. We want to have a great waiting list built up for when this project launches. So we can start having this deliverable to multiple people at once and to be able to get this revenue stream rolling and having your project be as successful as possible. Our moderators will be releasing that. It's a very simple form to fill out. We're going to have you know in the future some confirmation to make sure that you know you are but you say you are when you you know want to be the head of the project and you're going to be able to utilize that. We're going to have some redundancies in place, some security redundancies to make sure that everything's above board. But make sure you fill that out. We'll have someone reach out to you. We have some amazing pitch decks that we're going to show you here in the future. Also, some great videos we have being released also as well to give you some more information and make it more palatable for the average consumer and for people that are in crypto. So make sure you guys keep a lookout for that. And we'll start rolling this out here within the next week. Well, listen, this has been Today at Ember. I am your host, head of communications, soon to be just director of sales. I'm you also with our co-host, Jason Dominique, who is our co-chief executive officer. You can always catch us here normally. That's Thursdays at 2 p.m. live on Facebook. That's uh, Twitch. You can also reach us on YouTube, along with any of our podcast formats. If you don't reach us live, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcast. We're always available for you. You can always reach out to me at rob at ember.org. Jason, it's been a real pleasure. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to the rest of our community, guys. All right. Thanks. Adios. See you next week. <laughs>